right? Uh, because he's been in the church way longer than I have. <laughs> Um, but I wanted, I wanted to give a little bit of preface before he came up, and, and that is this, is I hate camp. I thought you were coming to be the speaker. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, let me just, just look. So when I was a kid, my, par- my parents loved to take me, try to get me out of the house every summer. And I would go to this camp called Camp Quanos on Vancouver Island. And every camp, I loved it, but every time that I went... I got violently sick, so like I never really had an appreciation for camp like most people do, but when I became a youth pastor, I, I, I saw the value of summer camp, and I really believe, and I've come to believe, and you might disagree with me on this, but I, I've come to believe that summertime is the great harvest of the Christian church. Because it's the time when camp runs, and camps all over Canada right now are getting prepared to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and hundreds, if not thousands of kids, are going to accept Jesus as their Savior for the very first time this year. And I think that is really cool. So it's go time for the church, right? It's harvest time. It's like get get the work done kind of thing. And I know that uh, the church has had... A, a long and, and distinguished relationship with Pine Ridge. And Bruce, over the years, has, helped, has felt like God has called him to that ministry. And I really believe that God has called us as a church to that ministry too. So the, this is a long-winded me, way of me of saying that the reason that Bruce is here today is because I'm hoping that he's going to stir in some of you. Uh, I'm, and by he, I mean the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Bruce. Uh, uh, that you would maybe God is calling you to camp ministry this summer, because we need workers for the harvest, and uh, Bruce is here to recruit you, <laughs> but also give the message. But I just I just want you to know that you know if you're you're, you're like man I want to be used of God in some way I want to do something for the kingdom, then then maybe consider giving a week to camp, cleaning up the, the kitchen or cooking the food. Or if God is giving you the strength, being a cabin leader to a bunch of grade six rugrats. But uh, you know, I just I'm just praying for that. So let me uh, let me pray for Bruce, and I'll give the pulpit over to Bruce. Bruce, thank God, thank you for the service today, and thank you that Bruce has carved out time uh, this weekend to come down. I know this is a busy weekend for him, getting ready for the, the camp and getting everything ready. But thank you that he's come here, and I pray that. We would be encouraged as a church to hear the great and wonderful things you've been doing through the ministry of Pine Ridge, but also, God, through the Word, too. Yeah, I just pray that if there's anyone here who has a stirring or you you thought, hey, you know what, it would be good for you to serve at camp this year, God, I pray that you would stir in their hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. I think he pretty much summed up everything I was going to say, so um, <laughs> sermons can be really short. Uh, no, it's, um, it's great to be here. Um, do, do, we, do we have the little clicking thing working, or uh, uh, big pause? But our, our, our tech people are being awesome up there this morning. I'm not sure. You're not sure, yes. but you're going to do it for me, so we're going to master this together. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, as uh, Pastor said, I'm Bruce, and uh, my wife Rosella is just over there uh, 
Um, wave for everyone here. There we go, perfect. Seeing she wasn't in here before. Uh, yeah, we actually attended uh, Manor for roughly 22 years before being called into ministry full time. And so in a lot of ways, this feels like home, coming back and uh, seeing a lot of familiar faces. So we are excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about camp. Um, yeah, to be able to share about camp, I, I could talk probably for hours. How long do I actually have? Uh, but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll try to have you out here by 12. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting time. So um, yeah, um, are we ready up there to go with the clicky thing? Perfect. Excellent. So Bible Camp is located just outside of Bowville, Saskatchewan on Cunnings Lake. Um, we get the whole lake to ourselves to do ministry on, so that's really special. And uh, yeah, so it's Pine Ridge Bible Camp, it's approximately 154 kilometers uh, to Meadow Lake. We're about 400 kilometers to Saskatoon. We are about 313 kilometers to PA or Prince Albert. And we are 733 kilometers from here. <laughs> so yeah, so... Uh, you want to go to the next slide there? Perfect. So that is camp. Or well, that's actually half a camp. Um, on the top of the photo there, you'll, or on the slide there, you'll see uh, is kind of the, be the south boundary of camp. And then you'll see our mile-long driveway coming into camp or a portion there of it. Um, if you actually uh, see the first building that you come to, if you follow that, uh, yeah, not that one there, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the first building you come to is where our camp director stays at. Follow the road along, you pass our shop, and then towards the bottom of the page there, you will get where we call home now. So that building's called Birch, and that's where we live. Uh, so yeah, so a lot of you people have asked where we live, so there we are. Um, so yeah, so this is the team that I serve with, minus one, because he wasn't there for the pitcher, so uh, we're missing Zach out of the pitcher. Zach is uh, one of the interns that uh, helps with the maintenance. But starting from your, it's my left, is it your left too? It is, look at that. Um, so on the left-hand side, uh, we have Arana. He's uh, the second intern that works with me on maintenance. And then the camp director next to him, which is Tabitha. Many of you have met Tabitha. She's been here and she has spoken at the church as well. Uh, then myself, my wife next. My wife looks after a lot of the registration and administration of the, in camp. And then Janelle, she looks after a lot of the whole social media thing that I'm not very good with, so we're glad there's people with her talents. Uh, Marcy's next to her. Uh, Marcy is our kitchen manager, uh, so she looks after everything so Dan won't get sick if he ever comes to camp. And, uh, and then we have Noah who Noah is, um, uh, he works part-time at the camp and part-time with aviation. Noah just got engaged to somebody you might know by the name of Naomi. So uh, yeah, so it's an exciting time in his life uh, right now as well. They hope to be married this, this September, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, exciting for them. Uh, so this is us all dressed up. Uh, we don't normally look like this. Normally we look like this for work days, well, <laughs> not quite, but anyway, we had fun taking pictures one day and that's what it looks like. Okay, what else we got? There we go. So Pine Ridge Bible Camp was started in 1971. I'm going to have a hard time staying behind this mic. Um, 
it started in 1971. It reaches approximately 33 communities, um, three or four hours radius around the camp. You see a few of the names of the communities that it does reach uh, behind me there. And uh, most of these communities are either, um, they, they're either Diné, Cree, or some of them are even Métis. Uh, the majority of the campers that we get at camp will come from these communities. And uh, yeah, it's a really great way to have a cross-cultural experience without even leaving your country. So hopefully you guys will be there for that. So this summer, this summer we're doing six weeks of camp. Uh, our first week is teen camp for ages 13 to 17. And then we will be doing three weeks of junior camps, which is ages 13, whoops, eight to 12. And then uh, we got a week of scamper camps. This is new for us this year. And they are for a little bit younger, seven to 10 year olds. And then we will be going to junior team, finishing up the camp with uh, 11s and 13 year olds. Uh, during camp time, we do all kinds of different activities. And um, if we get to an, there we go. Uh, oh, that's, okay. We missed a slide, but that's okay. Uh, so we have um, uh, cabins. So all of our cabins are uh, uh, divided into, or campers are divided into cabins, say about six or eight groups. And uh, we, we, um, we do it this way so that the kids and the cabin leaders really form a, a tight bond kind of thing throughout the week. And, uh, and they really stay connected. And our hopes are that they actually stay connected uh, throughout the year as well then. All right, here we go activities that we do. So uh, during the uh, summer and week of camps, we'll do all kinds of activities from archery, riflery, tomahawk, slingshot, canoeing, kayaking, uh, crafts, drama, ropes, Y games, and the list goes on. But and favorite thing is swimming. Uh, we have uh, the, the campers love to swim. They love to be in the water, on the water, or on the water and then in the water, if they love tipping their canoes all the time. They love to be tubing, pushing people off the barge, the docks. It is just their favorite place to be. Um, there we go. Every week is surrounded with the Word of God. In everything we do, we try to bring in the Word of God. If that is chapel times, if that's cabin devotions, our crafts even has the theme verse on there for the week. Um, everything we do, we are intentional about preaching the word of God. And, and I, I just want to tell you a story, and, and some of you probably have heard me tell this story before, but it really illustrates the importance of preaching the word of God in all we do at camp. And this story takes place one summer when I had the privilege of being a cabin leader, and it was a Sunday morning, or Sunday afternoon, sorry, and we're, I was in the cabin waiting for my uh, campers to show up, just enjoying the last few minutes of peace and quiet. And, and then finally, my, my first camper shows up. I showed him around the cabin, and he, uh, and, and seeing he was the first camper there, I said, hey, you can have your pick of any of the bunks, kind of thing, right? And so he begins hopping up on one bunk, checking it out, jumping off of that one onto the next, finally settling in a bunk that's in the top bunk over in the corner. And so as I was unrolling his bed, helping him settle in, 
he spots a poster on the wall. And the poster was from actually the year before his theme, which was then, it was the seven seas of history. And to my amazement and surprisement, he says to me, he says, I know that. And he starts quoting the seven seas of history from creation to the cross. Which was really surprising because that year, I had the youngest campers in my cabin. Meaning, he was too young to be there the previous year. So I asked him, I says, by chance, were you here last year? He says, no. No, I wasn't, but my sister was. And my sister learned all about the seven seas of history, and she was so excited about camp when she came home, she told me and my entire family of the lessons she learned. And that is why we tie scripture and God's word into everything we do at camp. Anyway, moving on. I'm going to have a hard time getting through this. Uh, okay, we have an LIT program. Uh, so if you are between the ages of, I cannot read that over there. 13 to 15. There we go, 13 to 15. Uh, you are welcome to come to camp for a week for the entire summer uh, to be part of the LIT program. It's leadership and training, and it's a great way to be involved with camp and be a part of staff as well as to learn God's word and get deeper into God's word at the same time. Um, yeah. Uh, when we're not doing camp, we try to throw a few uh, teen retreats. Uh, this has been limited as to um, what we could do throughout the year because of our facilities, frankly. Uh, we haven't had uh, winterized facilities to be able to actually hold much of a retreat uh, our kitchen and our old kitchen and our dining hall and our old chapel um, just simply isn't winterized. So um, uh, it kind of limits the amount of activities you can do during the winter. And so this is, this is something that we try to do is, uh, over a couple weekends throughout the year just to keep the teens engaged, um, help them in their spiritual walk and uh, keep them engaged in God's word throughout the year. So yeah, we do some teen retreats. And speaking of our dining hall, this is it. Uh, so our new dining hall and chapel. This is actually a view from the lake, looking back at the building. Uh, you you kind of see a pile of sand there, kind of below, the, um, below the chapel. If you follow us on Facebook and uh, Instagram and all that social media stuff, you'll see that we actually finished building uh, a retaining wall. There were some steps down just yesterday. So uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Anyway. That's uh, the building, who's thankful for it. Why are we building it? Well, hmm, there you are. The, uh, the old chapel and old dining hall, uh, they're both original buildings built somewhere in the early 1970s. The old chapel's falling down. That is so true. We've had to actually pull it back and brace it up a couple times with the tractor, so it literally is falling down. Uh, the kitchen does not meet public health standards as Mary and other cooks could testify to. Uh, I'm surprised they even cook in there. Um, falling on the tables was a good indicator. Yeah, 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 it's, it, yeah, anyway. We're, we're so thankful for our new kitchen. Uh, the camp is growing, and these buildings are just simply too small, uh, which is a good problem to have. And like we talked about, they're not winterized, and we need something that is, so. Our new building, this is exciting stuff. Okay, so upstairs, we got a kitchen complete with a 
dishwasher, which is really nice. Uh, storage, we got a pantry, we got a walk-in fridge and freezer, washroom, the dining hall, and uh, the reception area where my wife spends a lot of her time. Okay, downstairs, we have uh, our chapel, which doesn't look like that anymore. It's actually nice and clean. Uh, but anyways, uh, the chapel, we got some washrooms downstairs. We got a first aid room uh, with their own bathroom. Uh, we have an LIT room, which does not look like that anymore either. It's actually all furnished. Um, anyway, uh, we have an office there for Tabitha and the storage room. And the room that I'm mostly excited about, being an electrician, is a mechanical room. Uh, but anyway, uh, not entirely true. I'm excited to have a chapel as well. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, our new building in a nutshell. Uh, so coming up this summer, oh boy, catch up on your notes. Uh, so coming up this summer, we have uh, some things to finish in the, well, they won't get finished before camp just simply because of funding, but uh, we have the suspended ceiling in the basement to go in yet, doors to go into uh, the basement, uh, flooring for the chapel needs to go in. Uh, trim and baseboards. So those those uh, four things roughly going to cost the camp about $42,000, which we need to raise the money for yet. Uh, the plumbing, to fix finish that up, um, most of that is done. We figure about $1,500 to finish that up. And the electrical to finish that would be roughly five grand uh, to finish that up. And that will um, get, the get the building pretty much finished. Uh, the good news is, is that it's finished to the point where we can actually use it this uh, summer. So we're really excited about that. Uh, so some of the things that we need to do to prep for camp yet is find volunteers. Hence me being here today. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, order groceries, t-shirts, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, camp registration went live, uh, I believe it was a couple weeks ago. So we're starting to get registrations in. Uh, cabin cleanup and setting up scales and probably a ton of other things I haven't even thought of yet. So, yeah. You guys are welcomed to attend our grand opening, celebrating dreams uh, becoming realities. So uh, we're having a grand opening a week today. And uh, so it's going to be exciting times. Um, so I, I got this all figured out for you guys. Uh, so uh, over uh, at Pioneer Camp, they are having a work weekend the same weekend. So Friday and Saturday, you guys can go there, and then you could drive up to Pine Ridge, celebrate the grand opening with us, and then uh, like the whole church just come up and join us up there, and then you can have church with us up there, and then you can come out. Anyway, maybe not. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, if you if you come in, just let us know so we have a place for you to sleep. Excellent. Okay, you are wanted. This is uh, our theme for this year for camp. Um, now, I know you probably can't read, definitely, I can't read that. Uh, you probably can't read that uh, verse at the bottom there. That is actually our theme verse. So I actually threw up another slide so we can actually read it together here. There we go. Oh, I still can't read that. Right. <laughs> I got it here somewhere, I think. No, I don't. All right, I will struggle this. All right, uh, so what is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins. Yet God does not forget... Oh boy, I'll turn around. Uh, so God does not forget a single one of them, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. 
Hmm. So that is our theme verse for uh, this year. So you are wanted, you are valued, you are treasured, you are accepted, you are loved. You are wanted. What other thing in the whole world do we as people want more than somebody wanting us? To be wanted is personal. It means that you are accepted, liked, valued, treasured. Not for what you do, but for who you are. To be wanted by Almighty God is something that we have a hard time believing. Sure, we, we, we understand that God loves us. He, he loves everyone. But to truly understand that we are wanted by the Almighty God it's sometimes hard to, to get that from here to here. And this summer, our speakers will explore many different verses that talks about you are wanted. Verses like Psalm, oh boy, I should have made that typing bigger. Uh, verses that are Psalm 139, 13, and 14 that talks about you being wanted because the details that went into the creation of you. You made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderful, wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. Oh, well, I know it. The amount of love and details that has gone into creating each and every one of us. How about these next two verses? In Genesis 5, 12, Oops, no, 5, 1, and 2, I think that says, actually. Um, it is written, this is a written account of the descendants of Abraham, of Abraham, oh boy, of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. And in Genesis 1, we read, so God created human beings in his own image. Imagine that for a minute. He created us in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God looked over everything. Whoop, where are we here? And God looked over what he had made, and he had saw that it was very good. Or in the Hebrew, it actually says, and God saw that they was good, good. And everything in the evening and the morning passed, and this is marking the sixth day. He created us. He called us good. He knitted us together with all those details that we can only begin to fathom. Why? Because you are wanted. And not only are you wanted because of 
creation screaming out about God's love, you are wanted because Christ died for you as well. Let's look at two more verses. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this. So God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Jesus gives up everything, his rightful place in heaven beside God the Father. He humbles himself to come to earth as a baby. He grows up and he's a servant to others. He's whipped, he's beaten, he's spit upon, he's hung on a tree to die for you and me. Why? Because you are wanted by him. First Peter reads this. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom that he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Why? Why would God send his only son to shed his blood for you and I? It's because you are wanted. And not only wanted for your life here and now, but you are also wanted by God for all eternity. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. But you must not, but, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, like some people may think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. God is so patient with us. His desire is not to destroy anyone. But, but please, don't be deceived. There's coming a day where Jesus will return, and he will claim what is rightfully his here on earth. And what a glorious day that will be for those who call Jesus their personal Savior. This summer, we get to explore these verses and many more that talk about why you and I and every camper that comes to camp is wanted by the Almighty God the God who created the universe, the God who sent his son to die for us. We get to explore that. 
And we get to explore the verses from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We get to see how God's love is there for us during creation. How we turned our backs on him in the garden. How he passionately pursues us to the point where he sends his son to die for us. And why does he do all this? It's because you are wanted. Now I know many of you here are secure in your salvation. And, and, and that, is, that is fabulous. That is great. But the rest of this morning I want to spend some time in talking about that you are also wanted as servants of Christ. I want to start looking at John 13. Now many of you know John 13 is the chapter where Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. Just to give you some background, Jesus and his disciples are about to walk into a home, into an upper room to have a meal together. The meal that we know today as the Last Supper. And just before the meal, or just as they enter into the home, the disciples... I guess no different than us, start arguing as to who is the greatest among them. And Jesus, in the midst of the arguing, takes his outer robe off, bends down, and begins to wash the disciples' feet. We pick up the story in verse 12, as Jesus is just finishing the act of washing the feet. And it reads like this, After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you have ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. Now I can see some of you guys are starting to worry about uh, you looking around here, seeing if I actually have a wash basin up here with some water. (laughs) Because you're seeing this gray-haired guy that lives up in the northern Saskatchewan in the middle of the sticks in the middle of nowhere, and he calls himself a missionary, and you're thinking... Is he really going to wash our feet this morning? I I, I see some of the panic in your eyes. Uh, Don't worry. I'm not going to wash your feet this morning because that would just be uncomfortable and awkward for us all. Plus, I believe that there's a greater teaching here in this passage than to put wash basins out in the doorways of our homes and churches to wash people's feet. I believe Jesus is trying to teach his disciples and us. The act of being humble, humbling yourself, seeing the needs of others, and meeting those needs. Jesus is teaching us how to be servants. In fact, in verse 15, I have given you an example to follow. 
He's not talking about washing people's feet. Why would he be telling the disciples to wash each other's feet when they were already clean? Jesus finishes washing them. He's given them an example to follow about how to be a servant. We get a sense of how important this is in the Gospel of Mark. Mark 10 talks about leadership and how we're supposed to lead as servants. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave for everyone else. For even the Son of Man did not come to serve. Sorry. Not even, the Son of Man, not even did the Son of Man come. Oh boy, let me try that again. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And give his life as ransom of many. A servant should never receive the glory for the acts that he has done. Servant, true servanthood, should point all glory to the master. In this case, should point all glory to our God and Father. And all servanthood should be done out of love. We read in first sorry, we read in Galatians five. For you have been called to live life. Oh boy. I'm just gonna read it from my paper. Sorry. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now maybe some of you are starting to think that you're not in leadership. And you never intend to be, so you don't really have to listen to this whole sermon about servanthood. Brothers and sisters, if you call yourself a son of a child of God, if you call Jesus your Lord and Master, you are called to be a servant. In Peter, first Peter four, ten and eleven, we read this as each of you receive as each has received a gift. As each one of you who call yourself a child of God has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as if he speaks oracles from God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So let's do a quick recap. All right. Maybe. Ariel. A servant. A servant is, you're too commanded of God. 
If you're a child of God, you're commanded to be a servant. We are commanded to serve humbly. And we're commanded to serve in love. So love others as yourself. And we're to use the gifts God has given us to serve others. Now that would be enough probably as a challenge. But Timothy actually goes on, and, or Paul actually goes on in the book of 1 Timothy and actually lists four more other qualifications of being, an el- or being a servant. <laughs> and this first one is probably the one I struggle with the most. Not quarrelsome and be kind to everyone. Able to teach. Patiently enduring evil. Correcting his opponent, and the key word there, with gentleness. God has shown me time and time again that I have fallen short of being a true servant. I have served here in leadership in this church for many years, in different roles, and I've always tried to lead in a way with a servant's heart, and I know I have failed many times. Times when I was quarrelsome when I should have been listening. Times when it was easier to do the task myself instead of spending the time teaching someone. Times when I was not patient with others. And times when I was not a humble servant of God. And for that, I would like to ask your forgiveness this morning. So that, my friends, is what God has been teaching me about being a servant. How I wish we actually had the time this morning to dig into scripture and do a word study on the word servant. From Genesis to Revelation. Do you realize that the word servant appears 371 times in the Old Testament? Another 79 times in the New. In the Gospel of Luke alone, it shows up 33 times. If we could spend the time this morning and study these passages and truly understand what God's desire is for us to be servants, it would change the world. Churches would no longer need to ask for volunteers. Churches would have the problem of finding enough roles for the volunteers. Can you imagine? You imagine, board, having to sit and have board meetings to try to figure out ways for people to serve in your church because they're just flocking to serve. Your phone ringing off the hook because people are phoning and saying, I understand it's commandment to serve. How can I serve this Sunday? Wow. That would revolutionize the church. I want to pause and thank those among you 
that take the time out of your day to serve on your knees by praying. You know who you are. You are the prayer warriors. And I don't want you to think for a moment that just because all you're doing is praying that you're not serving. Because if it wasn't for your prayers, church ministry around the world, across this country, would not be as effective. I want to encourage you to continue serving on your knees, to continue humbling yourself and interceding on behalf of others. But I also want to encourage you, prayer warriors, to also tell people that you are praying for them. Not to, not to brag about it, but to encourage the people that you are praying for. <laughs> it is so encouraging as a missionary to get notes or a quick email or a card or whatever, word from people that they are praying for you. Last summer, many of you know that the, the camp had a forest fire come within three miles of the camp, threatening the camp's survival. Prayer requests went out to supporters of the camp across this country. And thousands of people were praying. And it was so encouraging to see God answer those prayers, sparing the camp. But you know what was almost more encouraging? It was months later, Roselle and I had the opportunity to fly to Toronto and visit one of our supporters there. And we were privileged to attend church with him while we were there. We only, know, we only knew one person in that church. But we walked in and we were greeted by so many people, many of which lived on the streets. They came up to us and they said, we have nothing to give you but our prayers. And we have been praying for you, especially during the forest fires. What a true act of servanthood. Using the only gift they had to intercede on behalf of the camp. How precious are the prayers of the saints. I was going to share and read to you a couple short emails that I received from supporters encouraging us, but time doesn't allow it, so that's okay. So we'll jump to this next slide that we have up behind me. How can you be involved? Well, before we get into that, I want to encourage each and every one of you to use your gifts that God has given you to serve 
There's many ways you can serve here in your local community. You just need to reach out. But if you happen to be looking for a way to serve in a cross-cultural experience this summer, here is some practical ways that you can serve. August 1st to the 5th and August 15th to the 19th, we are in desperate need of staff. Staff like cabin leaders. If you are the ages of 16 or over, you qualify to be a cabin leader. If you don't feel that you're qualified to be a cabin leader, but you are capable doing maintenance, here's a challenge for you. Come do maintenance at Pine Ridge Bible Camp for a week so I can serve as a cabin leader. Because that is where my heart is, is to be with those kids. But anyway, you can come as a lifeguard. We need you to save the people that are drowning. That would be me, by the way, if I have to swim. Uh, okay, LITs, we talked about them already, ages 13 to 15. Nurse. Now, we use that term quite loosely, actually, at camp. Actually, what it means is, if you're trained in first aid and CPR, you qualify as a nurse. And we can use you. Registration. My wife would love a break at some point throughout the summer. And some help. And we also could use some help in the kitchen to support Mary and all the other cooks that come up and help us. Well, I, I'm assuming Mary's coming. Uh, sorry, Mary. <laughs> I don't even know if you're coming, for sure. But I think you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so we covered uh, volunteers. We covered financial support already um, to help with the project and prayer. Yes, so prayer. Here's some prayer requests and praise items that uh, you can be praying for. So we praise God that we can actually have camp this summer. That, that in itself is, is a huge answer to prayer. Absolutely. So please pray that uh, we'll have wisdom in the preparations for camp, that uh, we will have enough staff to actually do camp. I tell you, there's nothing sadder than having the cabin space, having a waiting list of campers, but we can't allow the campers to come because we don't have the staff. So sad. So we need staff. So please be praying for that. Um, that God's saving work in the lives of the campers and the LITs. Oh, it's so huge. Yes. Um, and for our staff, that they'll surrender to God so that they can be used mightily by God. That our dining hall and chapel project, this is a huge prayer request, guys. Um, the, the well and the septic pump out, uh, I guess when they came out and drilled the well, they said that as long as the two aren't within 100 feet, we're good. When uh, Sask Health came out, they said, no, we would like to see like 300 meters. It's currently 50 meters apart. Uh, we don't even know if the well and the uh, septic system will pass or if we're going to have to do a ton of work to it. So please be in prayer for that. Um, but probably most of all, 
please pray that whatever happens at camp, that it will be done in God's name. It will be done in his power and it will be done for his glory. Now here are some ways that you can say connect it with us. <laughs> and I cannot read that at all. Um, maybe I got the one here. Yes, I do. So the camp's got a website. We got Facebook. We got Instagram, YouTube, email. Um, if you if you like a paper copy, still we, we do this thing called a plank. Uh, it gets published twice a year, uh, usually spring and fall. Uh, it, there's some of the most recent copies on the back. Feel free to pick that stuff up on the way out, guys. And um, what else we got? So we got the plank. Uh, the camp actually sends out emails about every second Friday, just a really quick blurb on um, an update kind of thing. If you guys would like those emails, if you're not receiving them and would like them, uh, let us know as well. We can get you signed up on getting those camp emails. Uh, Rosella and I send out monthly updates, more on a more personal level. And so um, if you don't get those and you'd like to receive those as well, we usually email them out. If you don't have email, we can even do the whole paper copy thing. And I see uh, that uh, I believe Helga or Cliff has been faithfully posting them in the back. So you can read them there as well. And um, yeah, if you really want to get involved and stay connected, you could always volunteer, and uh, there's nothing like staying connected like volunteering. So that is everything. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a privilege of being here, and it is 12 o'clock on the nose, so I'm done. Thank you.